This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I caught y'all. Y'all are not respecting the bird. And that is absurd. Y'all gonna get this work, man. I'm telling you. Oh, the Cowboys and the 49ers overrated. Facts. Playoff game planning and intensity will be their downfall. Sure, they're playing well now. Dak Prescott's playing well. Uh, Brock Purdy's playing well. Christian McCaffrey just, anytime he's healthy, he cooks. Like, he's been that guy from the beginning. But I don't care. They ain't all that. The bird is still work. And I'm telling you, once they fix this defense, y'all in trouble. Before I get into, I guess, my Cowboys game reaction and more of my outlook on the Eagles, uh, I forgot to comment on the Dre Greenlaw and Big Dom thing. When it happened, you should have seen how hype I was. I was ready to fight. I was ready to fight every 49ers fan. I was sick of the 49ers. I did not like them going into the game. I hate what they said about our team. I hate how they kept saying they were going to beat us if Brock Purdy was healthy. I was tired of that. I was tired of them being disrespectful. And during the game, their hits out of bounds and just their fans on Twitter. I was just tired of it. And then Greenlaw tackles Smith out of bounds. And there's there's kind of a little bit of scuffle because he's on the sideline and he and it's a late hit. So of course the sideline's gonna be mad and Big Dom, I guess he's trying to do his job. He just, you know, he got in the middle of it. He shouldn't have. I mean, there had to been a better way. But I guess that's part of his job. I mean, ironically though. The security people from the 49ers and the Seahawks were on the field when they had their scuffle, <laughs> which was which was dumb, too. Like the common denominator is the 49ers. You got to watch them because, I mean, DK Metcalf slams Warner. He pushes Metcalf in the head, in the back of the head. That's dangerous. And then, you know, Metcalf goes off the wrong person. You want to uh, push in the back of the head. But back to that game. Okay. Big Dom shouldn't have touched him. Before I saw the replay, I was so mad. I was like, Dre Greenlaw got to go. He hit our security guy in the face. Why is he hitting our people in the face? Man, listen, bro. Okay. They're both wrong. They both apologized. They both got punished. Um... I like that they apologize, though. They're definitely better people than us fans because us fans been going at it over over this, at least on Twitter. So I, I don't know on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. I don't know. I don't know what it's been like between us 49ers and Eagles fans. But they were both wrong. Okay. It just got out of hand. It shouldn't have, but you know it's it's okay. Oh my god, oh my god. I I have to pause this. I I will I will talk about it in a minute. But okay, to sum up my thoughts, Big Dom is still legend. He is like that. I don't know on Twitter if you've seen his little highlight reel with the music. I don't know how you call it. Maybe it's a fan cam or something. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's, it's the most vicious thing ever. He is like that. He is goat level. But he was wrong. He shouldn't have. But but to be honest, Greenlaw kind of overreacted. Like, Big Dom barely touched him. Like, he shouldn't have touched him, but he barely touched him. He acted like he pushed him. He acted like he mushed him in the helmet. Now, if he would have mushed him in the helmet, I think Big Dom would have been out for the season. It would have been like... Okay, you can't be on the sidelines anymore for the rest of the year. You can only do behind the scenes stuff. 
But see, he barely touched them. It's just unfortunate. It just adds to the little um, rivalry. And I hope that not only do we play them again, I hope Big Dom is on the sideline. The stuff that 49ers fans have said about Dom, oh, he's fat, he's a fake tough guy, he's a fat punk. They've said some threatening things. I'm like, I want to see y'all try to step to this guy. Because I'm pretty sure most of y'all saw and shouldn't be talking. Now, I don't want to go too far and say the 49ers players are fake tough guys because they're in the NFL. They're automatically tough to me. <laughs> but whatever. Um, here's the thing. The fans the fans are talking all this crap. They might be the fake tough guys. Some of them are. Maybe some of them aren't. But seriously, they, they're doing too much. Like, you've taken it too far now. You're being disrespectful. But that's okay. The The only payback is them not going to the Super Bowl. Because once again, just like Oklahoma fake, their little big win amounts to nothing if they don't win the Super Bowl. Same thing with the Cowboys. Now, before I get to the Cowboys game, um, we got a problem. The Eagles defense might be worse than the Wizards. Come on, man. I mean, stay with me now. Stay with me. I, I got to read off some stats because this is ridiculous. So, you give up the fifth most receiving yards. Okay. You give up the fifth most passing yards. And our, our rush defense has slipped, too. Like, we were clearly number one. Now, let's look at it now. Now we are number, oh my God, we slipped down to number six. It all started with the Chiefs game. You know, they rushed for 120-some yards in the first half. And then it just got worse. Well, maybe not worse, but, you know, we're giving up some some chunks now. It's, It's definitely slipped because we were doing good, and now we're six. We went from number one to number six in, what, three weeks, four weeks? The Chiefs game was, what, a month ago? We went from first to six that fast. That's crazy. But passing defense, though, let's see. Uh, yards per game. I'm mad. Cleveland is on top of all of these lists. Oh, my God. Whatever they doing, we need to study that. Got the fifth worst pass defense in yards per game. You have got to be kidding But see, I look at all these stats and I look at the last few games and tell you that I'm not work. Because at the end of the day, we got a man named Jalen Hurts. And he bought my team back from 28 to 3. It would be great if they fix his defense. I believe they will. They will at least you know, cut the bad stats in half. It's it's hard to flip it to top five. I mean, it's not just going to magically change overnight, but at least get it to, to a respectable level because we got that man named Jalen Hurts. Oklahoma versus Baylor, 2019. Go look at it. That's your homework assignment for the episode because he balled. And he turned over the ball in that game, too. See, and that's another thing. You guys that are sick of the Hurts turnovers, first of all, yeah, sure, it's more than last year. But this is part of the Jalen Hurts experience. Sometimes he's going to fumble the ball. Sometimes he's going to throw some interceptions. But his thing is more so fumbles than, than throwing. I mean, he's a quarterback that runs. That happens. Get over it. Because Jalen Hurts is him. And I trust him in the playoffs. With all the weapons. We just got Dallas Goddard back. We will start running the ball eventually. Even if we don't run the ball. A.J. Brown, 
Devontae Smith, they're not going to play any worse than they did against the Cowboys. Drop passes, fumbles. And even against the 49ers, um, on the sack, A.J. Brown, remember the sack where Jalen Hurts tripped over himself and it was like a 20-yard loss and y'all got mad because he held on the ball? A.J. Brown gave up on a route. <laughs> he was looking for flag. Come on, man. Like, we got this. We got a lot of veterans take a lot of pride in their craft. Fletcher Cox, big play slay. Y'all need to ease up on big play slay. He is still that guy. He's really good. Bradbury. Now, you got to remember now, we're thin at linebacker. We're thin at slot corner. And our safeties are, eh, eh. But we got a lot of veterans on this team. We could do this. They got this. The Cowboys are overrated. The 49ers are overrated. The AFC, the whole AFC is overrated. The Eagles can overcome it all. The Eagles, and I mean the bird, can still win the Super Bowl. And no, I'm not going ham like Scooter Magruder out here dancing. Do you see his dance video? After the Cowboys uh, win every week, it, the way he be dancing and he be sweating and all that, man. <laughs> he be tripping, man. Hey, man, it's funny. And, and I saw the NFC East meeting by Scooty Magruder. I watch every week. And, you know, I was expecting, uh, I was expecting to be rolling my eyes and stuff and being mad at what I saw. But it was funny. Even though, you know, it was mainly laughing at the Eagles because we were the only ones that lost. But, you know, I got to take that because for the first half of the season, it was us doing all the laughing and the joking and saying our rivals suck and everything. And now it's their turn to say we suck. And the Giants all confident now because Tommy DeVito is playing above his pay grade. His family is entertaining. He has a great story, and they really, they real deal think they can meet us. You know what? Can they get one game off us? Maybe. They definitely not getting two. You can, you can kiss that goodbye. Y'all not that good. You barely beat the Patriots. I don't know how you beat the Packers. What's the other game they want? Okay, you beat the Commanders, but you know the Washington sitcom is free falling. They not that good. But yet, you know, you did defend them better than we did both times. I got to give you credit. But that doesn't mean you can beat the bird. Especially when we're starting to figure things out. Now, on to the next topic. Now, when it comes to the Wizards. Now, I just made fun of their defense. Because we know that they can't stop a snapback hat. They can't stop Santa Claus after 20 cookies and a glass of milk. Come on, man. It's a shame because Wes Unsold Jr. was a nice guy, man. He was in my car. I just didn't introduce myself. I was nervous and I uh, I should have told him I was a Wizards fan and I've been to a bunch of games. So I knew exactly who he was. Um, I didn't do that. Okay, but he he was a great guy. It was nice to meet him. Yeah, I had him in the back of my adventure. Pause. Him and I don't know. I had him in his friend and his friend's daughter. I I don't know who it was, but they went to some nice restaurant in Georgetown. But that's neither here nor there. Team's trash. I don't care how many nice people work in that organization. This team is three. And 20. Game over. The tank is on. The tank is on. This team has lost 15 of 16. Damn! I'm not kidding. They had a competitive game against the Sixers last week. Only for them to lose to the Sixers in Philly by 40. 
the next time they played. He got cooked. Then to make it worse, they play against the Pelicans last night. These guys go up, what was it, 18-4? to 4? Then I think it was 24-10 to 10 in the first quarter, right? I'm thinking, okay, this is finally it. Just to go down 10 before halftime. You got to be kidding me. And then they lose that game by 20 and give up another 142 points. Zion didn't even play. Like, this team is unreal. I can't believe I was thinking this team was going to get the sixth spot. I can't believe it. I said their ceiling was the sixth spot. Man, what? Their ceiling, I don't even think their ceiling is 11th place. Because, thankfully, the Pistons have lost 21 straight. Or is it 20 straight? I haven't lost track. That was the Wizards' only win. The massively, historically slumping Pistons. Facts. I covered that. um, Won that game easily. But other than that, just straight up punished. Almost every game punished. So their three wins. Let me get this straight. Their three wins have come against the Memphis Grizzlies when they were winless. And they don't have John Morant. The Charlotte Hornets, who are... One place above us in the standings, ahead of us by four games somehow, but had, but just one place ahead of us in the standings. They're the third worst team in the Eastern Conference. That was our other win. Our third win was the Pistons, who are on a 21-game losing streak. Damn! You cannot make this up. You can't make this up. You might as well just let Wes Unsold finish out the season. You might as well. Just let it burn. Let it burn. You gotta let it burn. Can't believe y'all are so bad. Y'all got me singing Usher. And now you're moving. The owner has moved the team. Along with the Capitals. Now... Real quick, let me check the uh, capital standings. I haven't really been paying attention to them, but let me let me check the standings, see if they even on track. I kind of checked out on the Capitals after they got blanked by the Arizona Coyotes. They lost 6-0. Then they lost to the Stars by one. I mean, I guess. I think they were on the road for that, if I'm not mistaken. I think. I don't know. But... Then they turned it around. They beat the Rangers 4-0. That's what I'm talking about. Can't stand the Rangers. And then they beat, um, I just had it. But they won another game after that. So they're back on track. And they have 31 points. And they're tied for fourth with the Devils. And they're only two points with the Devils and the Hurricanes. And they're only two points behind the Flyers. And they played three less games. So, you know, they're right in the thick of things. It looks like this team is going to be at least above average. I got to go see them play. At least once this season. At least once. I know I haven't really made time to go watch games. I haven't really had the money either. But I got to go see them play. Definitely a better product than the Wizards right now. But these guys are moving. To Potomac Yards. And if you're in the DMV, that's pretty much, if you go down Route 1 past Crystal City, that's pretty much the next neighborhood. Potomac Yards. And it is growing fast. You know, it got a giant, got a Target, got a bunch of restaurants. Honestly, I mean, I went to that IHOP after prom uh, in 2010. So, it... I guess it was on the come up then. But now, you know, I should have known something was going to happen when they added that metro station. I didn't think they'd put a metro station there. I didn't think they'd ever do it. But it's there. And they got that. And I think months ago, I heard on one of the sports radio shows 
that the Wizards are thinking about moving to Potomac Yards. And honestly, I think I heard this right after the Commanders were sold. And I think it was Grant and Nanny, maybe, that was talking about the Nationals and the Wizards having their hands out because uh, the Commanders were trying to get a new stadium and they're trying to put it in D.C. So the Wizards and that's like, what about us? So the Wizards, I guess... Ted Leonsis was starting to look elsewhere. And I guess he wanted more money from the city to upgrade the stadium or just completely make a new one. And I guess he never got what he was looking for. And, you know, the the prospect of possibly putting a brand new stadium in Potomac Yards right by the airport right by Crystal City, right by the Pentagon, right by uh, Pentagon City, the the opportunity to put a brand new stadium there and a bunch of businesses, much of retail, a performing arts studio, just, just to make it just an, a great entertainment distri- district, it's just too much to pass up. And you're in a better area. Even though I think, you know, the crime in D.C. is kind of hyped up, especially in Gallery Place with a bunch of police around. I think you'll be fine if you go to a game at Capital One Arena. I think you'll be fine. Nothing has ever happened to me out there. Nothing has happened to most people. You'll be fine. It's kind of overblown. It's not like you're in Southeast. It's not like you're... I don't know, in Shaw or something, or Columbia Heights. Like, come on, bro. Like, y'all really make a big deal out of the crime thing. It is a problem. Like, carjackings are ridiculous. I was a victim of one. In in the weirdest way, but I was one. So, it, it is a problem, but not. it shouldn't be used as a reason to move the Wizards out of D.C. It just, I wish they were staying, pretty much. I, I I really wanted the Wizards and the Caps to stay. They belong in D.C. I like the spot that they're in. It's very easy for me to get to, whether I drive or, or catch the Metro. Um, It's going to take me a little bit longer to get to Potomac Yards, whether I take Metro or drive. If I drive, I got to worry about traffic and parking. It's quicker Kind of, but I gotta worry about traffic and parking. If I take the metro, it takes a little bit longer. It may take 15 minutes longer. I, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing it's a blue yellow line thing. So I, I guess it will take me slightly longer to to get there. It's just gonna be a hassle. Um, but it is what it is, you know. I want to see how it goes. Now, it's not set in stone yet. It's not nothing signed. It still has to go through another round of approval from Virginia legislators. It looked like a done deal to me. Um, if, if so, then it will be there about 2028. And I'll have four years to kind of get in my lasting memories of Capital One Arena. So many Good. Um, well, actually, Capital One Arena will still be there, but there will be no Wizards and Caps. It will be the Mystics will move back in, which I don't know about that because I don't think they draw a big enough audience to fill that place. I'm just saying I love the Mystics, but I'm just keeping it real. Georgetown sucks. Um, Concerts, I guess you do well with concerts there. It, Depends on who it is. I guess Capital One Arena will be fine. I don't know if they'll keep the sports book, but Capital One Arena will be fine. But it's just not going to be the same without the Wizards and Caps. They belong in D.C. I'm just going to have to get used to this move to Potomac Yards. I wish they weren't moving, but it just is what it is. Now, 
I'll definitely come around to this if we get All-Star Weekend. It's been way too long since we got All-Star Weekend. We haven't got All-Star Weekend since 2001. I was eight. So I'm like, yo, would love to have All-Star Weekend back here. Why not? Why Why is it taking so long? Dog, you've been in New York two or three times since then. You've been to Utah. You've been to Indiana. Like, come on. Well, you're about to go to Indiana this year. Like, come on, man. Stop playing. Or was it Indiana last year? No, it was Utah last year. You went to any you going to Indiana this year. Stop playing. You can't come to DC. I think you even been to Philly. Like, this is cap. Like, this is cap. The cap on this app is crap. Oh, man, I was going to come up with another rhyme, but I, I froze. I froze. I froze like uh, Papa Doc versus Eminem on 8 Mile in the last scene. <laughs> but back to the grind. You know, Muriel Browser in D.C. tried to get a last-minute deal out, which basically, you know, complete, complete renovation of Capital One Arena. And I guess more money. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But I think the Wizards and Caps only take it if this deal in Virginia falls through. And probably won't. So I guess I got to get used to the Caps and the Wizards being in Potomac Yards. Apparently, the Nats tried to go there. And I think maybe the Commanders were interested in that, too. Eventually, the Commanders are going to move or build a new stadium. Um, probably going to get have to get used to that too, but it don't matter. It's not my team because it's the Washington sitcom and I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But, but seriously, man, um, very interesting move here. When I first heard about it, I didn't think it would happen. But it all started when the commanders were sold and they start talking about a new stadium. It all started then, and who knows what the Nats are going to do. The Nats already, their owner, uh, the Learners, they put the team for sale. Like, they try to make moves. I mean, I haven't heard anything from D.C. United. I mean, all they did was part ways with um, my mans, <laughs> Wayne Rooney. Oh, my God. How I forget his name. Oh, that's all they did. That's all they did, and they were mid, and they fell apart, and they didn't make the playoffs. And by the way, congrats to the Columbus crew. They won another title. That's two titles in, oh, my God, how many years now? That's two titles in three years? Two titles in four years? That's impressive. And once again, the championship game wasn't competitive, and – Connecticut, uh, I was going to say Connecticut, Cincinnati and Columbus met, and that's everything I wanted, and I messed around and forgot about the game and didn't watch it. I watched the highlights, and what a comeback by Columbus, and the hell is real rivalry. That's one of my new favorite rivalries now. The hell is real rivalry in El Trafico, um, L.A. versus L.A. L.A. versus L.A., Cincinnati versus Columbus. Like those are the those are the rivalries right there. I like those. It 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 is far surpassed DC United versus New York Red Bull. It just has. The hell is real rivalry is real. And I gotta go to one of those games because it seemed like they're lit. Especially that last game. That last game, um, it went down to the wire and it was for the marbles. Man, I gotta go see it, man. Maybe that's the next time I'll come to Columbus. Maybe I got to go see a hell is real rivalry game next year. I don't know if the schedule's out yet. I don't think it is. But when it is, I'd love to see Cincinnati versus Columbus. Hopefully it is during the Final Four. That's right. I'm supposed to be going there in April um, to Cleveland. Hopefully it's that weekend because I want to see it because it looked lit to me. But yeah. Um, okay. I guess I'll uh, zip through these topics. The Heisman, 
Uh, Jaden Daniels won, and I thought Michael Penix was going to win. His team was undefeated. He had all the stats, and it just didn't happen. I mean, Jaden Daniels, I guess his stats were just, just too unreal. Like, I'm about to look up his stats now. I'm about to look up his stats now. Um, let's go Jaden Daniels. Here we go. Here we go. Jaden Daniels. 3,812 yards, 40 touchdowns. Compared to Michael Penix, 4,218 yards, 33 touchdowns. Damn! These brothers was balling. I caught like a glimpse of the ceremony and they were interviewing uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., his father. And apparently he has a younger brother who's in like middle school. I wonder if he's going to be the next great receiver. Already dad and older brother are cooking. I wonder if he's going to be next. Boy, I wonder if that's going to be like a David Carr, Derek Carr thing. You know, they, they got the age difference and everything. Or, or like uh, Jordan Davis and his younger brothers. I wonder if it's going to be anything like that. But, um, oh, wow, Bo Nix, 4,145 yards, 40 touchdowns. These guys all had great stats. Matter of fact, all right, Jaden Daniels. So he had the least passing yards out of all these quarterbacks. 40 touchdowns, four interceptions, 208 rating. Oh, my God. Man, unbelievable. That is spectacular. Um you can't you can't really take away from it. He he won a bunch of awards. Um did he win the O'Brien Award or the Maxwell Award? I don't know. Like Penix won one of the awards and then Jaden Daniel won the other award. So I'm like, this guy had a hell of a season. Because when he was at Arizona State. I didn't really, I didn't really, you know, look at him like a quarterback that could take off like that and win the Heisman. 40 touchdowns, four interceptions is unbelievable. But I guess, you know, Bo Nix had pretty good numbers too. I didn't know his numbers were that good too. Um, okay, my internet's kind of uh, glitching right now. So I will look at stats later, but at the end of the day, um, Jaden Daniels won. I think it was Bold Nix in third. I think Penix came in second, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. had I don't know what fifteen hundred yards receiving. Like he came in fourth, I believe. So, I mean, unbelievable. Or was it Marvin Harrison Jr. in third? Nevertheless, um, congrats to Jaden Daniels. I never thought he could do it. I can't believe it. Um, wow. Uh, let's see. All right, I'm about to I'm about to pull up these stats again because uh, this is crazy. Oh, Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors had the most receiving yards. I mean, he he could have made. He could have made a case, but I guess he didn't have the Heisman moments. You know, he didn't have the Heisman moments. It just, you know, it just is what it is. I'm trying to look for uh, what's the name stats, but no, we don't have time. We don't have time. But congrats, Jaden Daniels. Great season. Uh, LSU lost too many games. They got blown out by Florida State. They couldn't beat Alabama. Uh, they, I think they lost one other team and they're not playing for anything significant. So unlike last year, but it is what it is. This guy, I don't think he had type Joe Burrow numbers or close. He kind of did. No, I think Joe Burrow threw for like 50 touchdowns, but he had a Joe Burrow type of jump. Now, well, that translates to the NFL. It has for Joe Burrow so far. But for Jaden Daniels, who knows? You just got to wait and see. There's a bunch of teams that can use him.
Pittsburgh, New York Giants. I know Tommy DeVito's cooking, but we'll see how long that lasts. Like, he only threw for like 150 yards against the Packers. Let's slow down. Um, Man, who else? You got to watch Seattle because I don't know how long Geno's going to last there. He's doing well so far, but I don't know. He's getting older and, you know what I'm saying? And he's just slightly above average. Like, you can, the right quarterback can overtake that. Um, You got to be on the lookout for, oh, the Raiders. The Raiders need a quarterback. Maybe the Broncos. Russell Wilson has improved, but, like, come on. You know what I'm saying? That, that could be an upgrade, too. Because he's kind of on the decline. Um, Man, who else? I would say the Browns. Now, I think Deshaun Watson, if he can stay healthy, he'll stay there. He'll be fine there. Um, You know, I don't really have time to go through all the court. Maybe the Bears, maybe. I mean, Justin Fields shows some flashes, but you could upgrade there. There's some teams that can use some quarterbacks. And if he is that type of talent, he could just slide on in there. But I guess there was a lot of good players in college football. I mean, Malik Neighbors and Bo Nix, I mean, they look like they had the numbers too. So, But Jaden Daniels got it. I spent a lot of time on this topic. I didn't think I would. But now the in-season tournament for the NBA is over. And once again, it was way better than the WNBA's in-season tournament. Maybe the WNBA can look at that and maybe make some slight improvements because there's no parity in it. WNBA in season tournament, and it definitely doesn't have the hype that this tournament had. That this tournament was like that, especially at the end. All them teams fighting for knockout round spots, and you had teams like you had the Knicks, you had the Pacers, you had the Kings, the Pelicans, like. There was no Timberwolves. There were no Nuggets. The Suns lost to the Lakers. Like, this was great. Indiana made a hell of a run. They beat Boston and Milwaukee. Those are the co-favorites in the Eastern Conference. And they beat them. You got to love it. They were a great story. And it's just a preview of what's to come with their team. Like, they just, they're loaded. First of all, any team with Buddy Hill on it, because that's kind of personally personal to me. You know what I'm saying? I watched Buddy Hill from the beginning at OU when he was riding his bike up and down Lindsay Street. I remember that. <laughs> like, come on, man. I watched him win player of the year two years in a row. So, of course, I'm still rooting for him. And he's on a, a great team. Him, Halliburton, um, Naismith. Toppin, all these people come from other teams. Toppin came from the Knicks. Naismith came from the Celtics. Uh, Halliburton and Hill came from the Kings. Miles Turner has always been there, but they tried to trade him. They almost, they could have traded these guys to the Lakers. Buddy and uh, Miles Turner. Man, imagine what their team would look like if they did that. Oh, my God. This team is something else. They are very fun to watch. They are they got the highest pace. They they got the fastest pace in the league. They got the highest offensive rating. Offensive numbers are ridiculous. Defensive numbers not so much. And that's why they gave up 60-40 Giannis and they had the whole ball thing. The, the, like I didn't think it was a big deal that Giannis set the record for uh, single-game points in a Bucks uniform. I didn't think it'd be that big of a deal to get the game ball for that. I was just thinking, you know, we just celebrate in the locker room and there's a Twitter post and that's it. I didn't think it'd be a whole thing of chasing down people to get a basketball. But it's special to him. It means something to him. It's just too bad that it went up against Oscar Sheepwade's 
first official points in the NBA. I didn't even know Oscar Sheepway was first of all in the league, second of all on the Pacers. So, wow, good for him, good for both of these brothers. But the whole thing that happened after the game was just ridiculous. And it just shows you that the NBA is always entertaining. It's always entertaining. But I got off on a tangent. When it comes to the end-season tournament finale, I knew the Lakers were going to win. I called it. On the last show, I said, I said it was going to be Lakers and Pacers. I was like, the Pacers are on a roll. The Lakers, I've seen this movie before. They get hot. LeBron and AD take over, and you can't beat them. And that's exactly what happened. But props to the Pacers. They were in that game the whole time, and they cut it to three in, like, the last five minutes of the game. It was a three-point game. They were definitely down for it. They were definitely there to win that title. They were definitely in it. They definitely could have won it. But AD was too much. AD was way too much. They couldn't stop him. I mean... I mean, come on. I played him on FanDuel Showdown. So I know they couldn't stop him because he got all the points. <laughs> but, man, both teams, it just shows you what it can look like for both of them when when everyone's healthy and everyone's clicking. It shows you that the Pacers are the next up-and-coming team that they can definitely make the second round. Now, I don't think in the long run in the seven-game series, they will beat a Boston or Milwaukee, but they would definitely challenge them. They won two out of three against Milwaukee before they got hammered last night. They definitely give them some run. Now, can they beat New York and Cleveland? Yeah, they they can. And, and Miami... They're going to be roadblocks too, but if they play like they did so far, or if they play like they did in the in-season tournament, oh, they could even make the conference finals. It's just very reminiscent reminiscent of those Paul George, Lance Stevenson teams. You know what I'm saying? Remember Roy Hibbert, George Hill? It's like one of those teams. Just a great collection of young talent. And... They might they might be something to deal with in the playoffs. Now, on the other hand, the Lakers, well, first of all, they made the conference finals. They they just made the conference finals. And it shows that they still are a force to be reckoned with because Austin Reeves coming off the bench is dangerous. He had 22 in the second quarter. He had 22 in the first half of the Pacers game. This guy can come off the bench and score 20. That's dangerous. Cam Reddish isn't bad. D'Angelo Russell isn't bad. LeBron and AD are still elite. So, and we ain't even going to get into uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Like, a nightmare matchup for offensive players on defense. They are loaded. They are. They still have it, and they could, and they can still be a force in this league. Because I think Denver took a half a step back. They're still a force, but they took a half a step back. Phoenix can't stay healthy. The Timberwolves, man, I got to see it to believe it. They're on, they're on top of the West now. But we'll see if it ends up that way. The Pelicans, they got washed. They lost to the Lakers by 40. What? So the Lakers proved that they could do that to the Pelicans. Like, they're, they're going to be a problem. Now, I don't know who's going to come out of this. My gut still tells me that it could be Denver and Boston. But we'll see. You know, it just shows that the East and West, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some challengers. It's going to be tough. We'll see in the seven-game series, though. In-season tournament is one thing. Playoffs is another. And don't forget about Philly. Embiid looked like he trying to win another MVP. Even without Harden. 
And you got Maxi who's taking another step. So you got to look out for them too. So there's a lot of competition in the East and the West. It's hard to pick who's going to make the finals. My gut tells me maybe it'll be Boston and Phoenix or Boston and um, Denver. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, when it comes to Chubbs like Draymond, this guy, man, this guy, this guy is hilarious. I know the one time I seen him play, I was very entertained. Like, his defense was top-notch. And he argued with the refs. And, of course, I think he got a tech or he got ejected. No, he got a tech. It was hilarious, man. It was very entertaining. He went off on that ref. And it was something dumb, too. I think it's because uh, Porzingis did a lot of flopping. And he got called for a foul. Uh, Draymond. And he went off. And he got a tech, of course. Man, I loved it. It's so fun. He's so fun to watch. Even though he might not score many points, it's a joy to watch him play basketball. With that being said, he be wilding, bro. He put Gobert in a headlock. He punched Jordan Poole. He stomped on Sabonis. And now he did a backhanded USC punch on Nurkic. Damn! Talking about he's selling the call. What? Man, that doesn't make sense. I was think I would think if he was selling the call. I was trying to think if I was trying to do the same thing. And some guy's holding me in the post, trying to bump me out of the post. Wouldn't he just fall down? Why would he flail his arms and swing backwards? That doesn't make sense. Just like when he flail around and kicks up into somebody's nuts. I don't get that either. What? That doesn't make sense. That's not natural. Come on, man. That's how we sell calls in the NBA. Are you kidding me? Man, get out of here, bro. Get out of here. Beat it. Because that's crazy. You got to be kidding. We just flail our arms, flail our legs. People get hurt. Now he's suspended indefinitely. He got to meet some standards. He got to go to counseling. I mean, I was going to say counseling is too far. It's still basketball. Like, I know he's just doing the most, but, I mean, anger management counseling? It's something. Something had to be done. Something had to be done. Because if he do something else egregious, he's going to be suspended for the season on some Ron Artest stuff. And nobody wants to see that. I don't care what you think about Draymond Green. No one wants to see him suspended for the season because of his antics. Unreal. This guy is something else, bro. He is hilarious. <laughs> he is. I have no ill will towards Draymond. No, I did not like the Warriors dynasty for several reasons. I don't think he was one of them. He's hilarious. And a very good basketball player. He's a very well-rounded basketball player. So, it's very fun to watch. And I haven't heard his podcast in a while. I don't know if he's been putting out episodes, but I got to catch up. But very entertaining basketball player. Something had to be done, and he needs to chill. Pretty much it. You know, because, you know, he be doing the most. I guess that's just how Draymond is. Now, the last thing. Oh, oh, you know what? Since they're showing it, since they're uh, talking about it on First Things First, um, I'll go over this Kadarius Tony offsides thing against the Bills. Um, As a ref, I'm a line judge. I'm embarrassed to say that I let that go all the time. I'd be like, if he's close enough, I'm just going to let it go. That wasn't really close. He was over the ball. Like, that was clearly all sides. I can't tell you how many times I've let that go. And I've had coaches in my ear about it. Now, they're not going to go on and on about it like 
some of these college and pro coaches do. But they're going to complain about it for a little bit, and then the next play happens, and the next play, and then it's, then it's another thing they complain about. But it's such a small thing, I usually let it go. But seriously, I've gotten to a point where I tell receivers, well, if I have to throw a flag, if you're very badly off sides, I will throw the flag. I've had, I have gotten that point that far in my referee career where I'm comfortable enough to, to throw a flag when you're that badly off sides. And then when that happens, whether it's defense or offense, because defense do that too, they be so over the ball, they be so far into the neutral zone. I be, I tell them right after I throw the flag and blow the whistle, I tell them. You got to look at me. You got to look at me. I'm trying to tell you to back up. I'm trying to tell you whether you're on size or off size. That is day one stuff. Like, if your coaches aren't going over that day one, what are they doing? That is why the same teams win a championship every year. Because y'all can't master the little things. That's another topic for another day. As far as this is concerned, why wasn't this blown dead? Usually a false start or offsides on the offense is a dead ball penalty. We're blowing that dead. The little lateral from Kelsey to Tony doesn't happen. We don't get to see that if they blew the play dead. They did not blow the play dead. Why not? I want to know why wasn't it blown dead? Why is is no one talking about that? The only person that talked about that was one of my referee colleagues after a basketball game. I ref. He was like, why didn't they blow it dead? Isn't it supposed to be a dead ball penalty? But you know how the NFL is. The NFL is weird. They got a bunch of freaking rules that don't exist in the amateur level. I know, but still, I want to know, was that supposed to be a dead ball? That would have just saved everyone a lot of trouble. And now you got Goodell asking questions, answering questions about the officiate. I know they complain, we complain about the officials every week, but now you got the commissioners asking, answering questions about it. Oh, it must really be a concern now because all it took was it to affect Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and now the commissioner's on it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Just a nonsense situation. The Chiefs are 8-5. and five. And they shouldn't be. They had four head-scratching losses. Only the Denver game where they were like like thoroughly outplayed. And even that game was close. All the other ones, you lose because of a drop pass. Or drop passes. You lose because of... What was, what was their second loss? That was, that was Denver, right? Right. You lose, yeah, you lose to Denver, just got outplayed. You lose to the bird from a drop pass and fumbles. You lose to the Packers. Well, you just got outplayed and then, well, a drop pass and a missed penalty. Then you lose to the Bills. Because, you know, you had a, a lateral callback because your receiver was offside. Just some head-scratching stuff, which is going to make them dangerous in the playoffs. I wouldn't count them out yet, especially in the AFC where the whole thing is wide open. I don't believe in the Dolphins. The Ravens keep playing around. Um, Who else? Uh, the Bills are a sleeping giant. The Jaguars are a sleeping giant. The Texans, the Texans, if they, I see that they are very matchup sensitive. They had problems with the Panthers. They had problems with the Falcons. They had problems with the J. A lot of problems with the Jets. So they are very matchup sensitive. And they just lost Tank Dell. So I'm not really that worried about them. 
They might be a year or two away, but they're a great story. But yeah, man, I, the Chiefs, man, the Chiefs are something else. But I'd still watch out for them in a wide open AFC and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Now, finally, the Shohei contract. Ten years, $700 million. Here's the thing, though. $680 million of it is deferred. What? When I first heard that, I thought they was making it up. Now, I understand that, you know, baseball, they do more deferred contracts than basically anybody else, any other, other major sports. And I, I knew when I heard it was deferred, I knew it was smart. The problem is, the thing is, I didn't think he deferred that much. I mean, that's really smart. To, to think about it, though, he's made a lot of money already. And I guess it will be tougher for him to make money when he's older and not playing baseball anymore. So he wants to be set for life. Bruh, another homework assignment. I want you to go look at SpotRack.com and search Shohei Otani. And look at that contract. Bruh, it is insane. I'm not kidding. He's getting paid $2 million the next 10 years. What? That that seems criminal. But, yo, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to let the Dodgers stack these teams as much as possible. So he can maybe win some World Series. And then when he's done playing, he's set for life. The Dodgers will be paying him until he dies. Maybe even longer than that. Unbelievable. This is very smart. Because apparently he makes a lot of money off endorsements and he already made a lot of money. Basically, man, his grandkids are going to be getting this money. That's crazy. That That's unbelievable, man. This is very smart. This is IQ is unreal. I mean, in the short term, though, it's weird to have him playing for $2 million a year. But in the long run, he gets all this money and he don't got to do nothing. He might be in a nursing home. He's still getting millions. That's crazy. I can't believe he was able to defer that much. And that was allowed. How much do you want to bet that after his playing career, when the real money kicks in, how much you want to bet the Dodgers are going to try to, like, negotiate and try to settle out of that and try to cut the cost now? Don't be surprised if they try to get some of that money back somehow, some way, and try to, like, give them, like, a lump sum or something. That's a lesser amount than 680, 680 million. Don't be surprised. That's cra- This is the craziest contract I've ever seen. I mean, he's worth the money. $70 million a year. That's, But it's not $70 million a year. It's $2 million. But I guess after that, it's... I don't know what they agreed to after the 10 years. But... It's a lot of money. It's got to be. It's $680 million. I don't know how they're going to pay that for the rest of his life. But it's going to be a lot of money. And he's getting paid. What a contract this is. So he won in life no matter what. He's the best at his field. And he's set for not just his lifetime. He's set for like four lifetimes. It must be nice. And he still has a chance to make money in other avenues and other ways. So this guy, if he really applies himself, can be a billionaire. You got to love it. It, You got to love it. You can't hate the player. You just got to hate the game. I don't hate either because baseball is fun to watch. And I got to step my game up financially. 
Anyway, GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. Eventually, I'll get out of the slump and start marketing and advertising this brand. But for now, you know, just check out the website if you're listening. Uh, No sales lately. No new followers on Instagram or Twitter. But it is what it is. The GOAT level brand is a future 500, future Fortune 500 company. I put that on everything. So, you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.